everybody, and welcome to the FBI's Most Unwanted in X-Files podcast. I am Jason Soto from RabbitHolePodcast.com. I am joined by my wonderful, wonderful co-host, Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hello, Jason. How are you on this fine evening? I'm, I'm awesome. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. Um... Before we begin uh, with, I think, everyone's favorite part of the show, which involves you, but we'll get to that in a second, uh, I need to do this. No, uh, real this is quick. my least favorite part. <laughs> uh, we got to get the money, man. We got to get the money, and then we get the girls, and then we get the fame. Oh, it has to be done in order. There's an order to these things. Wait, but wait, can we get the money then fame and then the girls or no wait we could try that that's that's a novel idea in, in a perfect world that would work but we'll see we'll see all right we'll see first we gotta get the money regardless the money has to come first all the shows we do here at rabbit hole podcast are sponsored by audible you can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbit hole pod and try it absolutely free for 30 days you can get any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want from Audible. And we are on Audible, by the way. After 30 days, you just pay $14.99 a month, and you get to access more. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had a thing in my throat as I was saying that. I'm going to keep going. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you just pay $14.99 a month, and you get to access more. That's what she said, jokes. Audiobooks, original shows, and podcasts. <laughs> you can cancel this anytime you want. And if you do any uh, that's what she said jokes that you've downloaded, you get to keep absolutely free of charge. So there is no risk whatsoever in doing this. AudibleTrial.com slash rabbit hole pod using that link helps us out here at the network and says, hey, independent podcasts are fucking awesome. You can also support the show by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. $3 a month uh, will get you in. You will get early access to episodes. There's all kinds of cool shit to check out. Uh, we are sort of adjusting some of the tiers and uh, cool stuff you get. Um, down the road, we're going to have a Discord that you can access if you're a Patreon member. We may do some art stuff. I'm going to put some polls up for you to vote on stuff that we do on the network. Um, you can join us on Twitch streams if you pledge at the $10 level. All kinds of cool stuff for you to do over at patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. All right, we're done, Brenda. We survived. See, that wasn't so bad. We got through it okay. I would like to say I just learned what a Discord was um, last week. So. Oh, nice. You you learned You learned something. Give it up to Brenda for learning something. Now, it is Brenda's turn to teach us something, as it is time for Brenda's Baseball Update. Okay, what do you got? It's been a great month. Oh, um, nice. For me, um, not so much for some of my, my teams, but one of my teams is doing really great. Actually, two of my teams are doing really well. So um, I'm going to start with the one that's not. So the Chicago White Sox suck. They're really bad right now. And um, to top that off, Steve Stone, who once appeared in Playgirl magazine, um, was like sort of MIA for some games because he's only 75. He doesn't travel as much as he used to. So I had to deal with like some really bad baseball broadcasting 
um, while watching a horrible team. The thing about the White Sox that sucks so much right now is nobody on the fucking team has good hair. Like the whole team, <laughs> like they just they don't have good hair. <laughs> if they maybe had a better stylist, um, mm. or like Billy Hamilton's injured and he has good hair, but he's injured, so his hair is not lifting the team, not oh. uplifting. However, let's talk about two of my other teams that I like. So we got Joey Votto back for the Reds. He is 39 years old. He is very weird, and I love him. Um, his pants are tight sometimes, and that is always joyous. He's He doesn't have great hair. However, his, his teammate, um, Jonathan India, has pretty fucking awesome hair. So I've been watching a lot of the Reds since uh, Joey Votto came back from the injured list he had a very significant shoulder injury which i'm familiar with because i myself have gone through some shoulder injuries in my life Oof. so I, I felt really bad for mr Votto. and my favorite thing is that like his first night back he like hits a home run and he's you know he's older for a baseball player 39 is ancient for a ball player and um the expression and you can get a t-shirt that says that is um, Joey Votto still bangs, and I just love that <laughs> for so many reasons. So I've been watching quite a bit of him, um, his lovely pants. Um, he's a, a hoot on Twitter um, and Instagram to follow because um, he's really and he's Canadian, so he's oh. super nice because oh. every Canadian is nice. Yeah, um, this is true. Um, so, which brings me to my next team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Ooh boy. So the last um, couple days, they've been playing the White Sox. So I've been like, ooh, and Steve Stone's been back. So it's been like, oh shit, I've got Steve Stone and, and him broadcasting. And oh my God, look, it's Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette <laughs> and that fucking hair. Ooh. Ooh. He just, I, I'm telling you, that flow. Ooh. The last couple nights have been. There's a fucking double header yesterday. Oh shit! So like two times. Perfect hair. It's just oh man. Your hands aren't bad either. He's got a great swing. Like him and Joey Votto both have beautiful. Not like Ken Griffey Jr. swings, which I'm now dating myself. Um, but they've got beautiful swings and. Um, um, so the the Blue Jays are doing really well unless they play a team in their own division and then they lose horribly. But I saw like this really cool graphic of like, you know, the diamond, the baseball diamond and all the players, just like their heads where they're supposed to be. They are the best looking team in baseball right there. Oh. The Blue Jays. Um, and they're like in like third or fourth place, but I don't think it matters because hair <laughs> as long as the hair doesn't go away you're happy well yeah yeah and and the pants help um, and the pants when they wear their white pants versus like their blue the powder blue the white pants are much better white pants are better okay now are the white I pants white when pants. they're at when they're at home or well like it's very confusing now in in baseball um because uniforms used to be it used to be very, you know, black and white. So when you're on the road, this is the uniform you wear. Right. When you're at home, this is the uniform you that wear. That much I did know, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, sometimes you have your name on the back of the uniform. 
Sometimes you don't. Always have your number. Hmm. Okay. Now they fucked everything up. Oh. I have no idea, like, what people are going to wear, when they're going to wear it. So you have these City Connect jerseys, which I, I personally like most of them. Um, except Boston's, with his, which is just offensive. Um, it, it is. It's offensive. It's like this yellow. Like, it's just piss colored. I don't like it. Yeah. Nobody but, that. <clears throat> It's it's just awful. So, but you have like, ooh, ooh, the Cincinnati Reds City Connect. It's all black and black and red. So you you know I'm I'm a dark person. So I got like lots of black clothes. I would yeah. wear that uniform and the pants. They look really good on the Reds. Hell yeah, pants on the Reds. Sorry, this has been my very. Um, hyper that is literally the whole point of the updates is for you to do this to get this out well yeah so i i i enjoy it's a highlight of my day because i get to talk about Baseball. things i think about yeah yeah and the next files on top of that so right oh that's a bone oh and david duchovny Ooh. we're gonna talk about david duchovny um but uh yeah yes we are Ooh. i i i appreciate i appreciate your updates, even though I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I, I mean, I get I get the hair and I get the pants thing, but everything else that you say, like, I, it kind of just goes over my head, and I'm just like, okay, Brenda's happy, I'm happy, so <laughs> 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 we'll move on. I'm happy, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I hope, I hope whichever team you're rooting for wins the thing at the end. Oh, it's the All Star <laughs> break. Um, after like tomorrow. I think there's games tomorrow, maybe Sunday. I don't know. So it's the fucking All Star break. So we're gonna have the home run derby, and the All Star game, um, and Bo Bichette is an All Star. Oh, okay. So you're really happy. All right. Okay. Anything else? Anything? Any other updates for now? No, not really. I'm just no. No. no I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for the update. We we oh, all appreciate welcome. it. So there you go, ladies and oh. gentlemen. That was Brenda's baseball update. All right. We are talking in about. In case anyone's wondering, I am like this in real life. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the clarification. People were this is, this people at home bad. were wondering. People at home were wondering. Like, is this, is this picture real? Yeah. <clears throat> no. Sort of. No. I, I've 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 met you in person. Yes, this is this is you, and I like that. I like that that that's you. I'm glad you're the real you. So, I I like it. You be you. Okay. Today we got the next two episodes uh, of the X Files. We are still in season one. We're getting we're gonna be in season one for a while. This is a long season. There's like 24. It is. It's episodes. not like it used to. Like <clears throat> like these days we get like 13 episode seasons. Or they do like these half season nonsense. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are, uh, we are literally uh, at episode twelve right now, so we're about halfway done with the season, actually, because uh, there are twenty four episodes in the season, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so we are in episode twelve. It is called Fire, uh, because for whatever reason they were really obsessed with just the one word episode titles. Because last episode was Eve, the one that sucked royally was Space. The other one that sucked royally was ice. <laughs> so is there one? Is there one called water? Is there one called water? Right? You gotta, you gotta complete right. the whole trifecta. You got the ice. You got. 
We need like the elements. We need fire. Fire, water, water earth. There's earth probably. There's probably an episode called Earth. Earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. Wind. Um, yeah. Um. I, I mean, I, I, I think that was a thing for a while. A lot of you know, like the one word. It episode. was. It, it like I'm looking like when I go back and I look at like all the episodes like listed on this uh fake wikipedia page that i'm on there's a lot of one word titles um we're, we're gonna be going into some that have two words because you know we gotta get fancy mm-hmm. uh until the season finale which is three words so um so we got that to come up but anyway uh right now we're talking about fire 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 <laughs> fire fire <laughs> sorry side side quest here the new beavis and buttheads on paramount plus are actually really funny i'm just gonna are throw they? that out there yes they are really good um i like what he's doing where he has them like old like he, he'll do some episodes where they're old and to me i think those are kind of funnier for some reason because they uh-huh. get to like do more and they like get like jobs and they go to bars and stuff and it's just funny uh-huh. seeing them in that kind of environment but Anyway, sorry for the side quest. I just wanted to mention that really quick because I was no, I, I was did, bored. I, I, I was bored a couple of weeks ago, and I remember uh, getting an ad on Facebook for the new Beavis and Buttheads, and I was like, oh, I should probably check these out because I loved that show when I was a teenager. I was all about the show when I was a teenager, and uh, yeah, they still they're still pretty good. So go check them out. Paramount Plus that's where they're at. Okay, back hey, to are, this. Are they sponsoring us? No, it's just it's just it's it's a Jason recommendation, so it's okay. Okay. It's okay. They don't gotta pay us. I am recommending it. I I want people to check it out. So. Okay. Uh. Anyway, do you want to know about Mulder's previous sex life and how kinky this motherfucker can get? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> we find out a lot about Mulder in this episode. Uh, fire. Um, yes. we learn so much. So yes. the, the, the premise of the episode, um, and I got a little excited cause I've, I've been keeping a map of all where all the episodes are. And this starts off in England and I'm like, oh, they get to go to England. I get to go fucking put a pin in England because we meet this, like, um, we meet this like really fancy guy. And he's leaving a super fancy house, and he's got like eight, 80 fucking gardeners like out on this lawn working like on their own blade of grass. There's so many gardeners out there. It was weird. Um, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> there was a lot of fucking people on the yard working on it. We do focus on this one guy with a goatee who's just kind of planting flowers, and he's sort of staring at the at, at this family as they're leaving. And the 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 guy, um, he's saying goodbye to his wife, um, and then as he's about to get into his uh, car, he just suddenly bursts into flame. Like his arm is just like a flame, like a whole whole fire. Not even like a little, like a spark. It's like a whole blazing fire is on this guy's arm. And then like within point oh 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 one second, he's just fully engulfed in flames. Right. Um. And then, like, the 9,000 gardeners, all they do is just stand. Did not one of them have a garden hose? Like, you're going to have that many gardeners working on a yard? Would not right. one of them have a watering can or a garden hose? 
No, I, I mean, and I find that very odd. It, I mean... <laughs> they just stood there and watched this guy burn. <laughs> and, they're funny. and he burned the, the the lawn, so they were probably pissed. They were probably like, what the fuck? We just, <laughs> we just, do, we just, we just fixed that. that blade of grass. Damn it. <laughs> now it's on fire. Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> now we're going to have to redo that whole spot. So then, uh, oh, question for you, Brenda. Yeah. As you're revisiting these episodes with me, um, do you let the theme song play? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 99.99% of the time, I I, I do. Um, sometimes I will admit when the theme song starts, I'll, like, run and go get something to drink or, like, pee or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's because, fair. Because um, that like, gives I know you... how long the theme song is. That gives you that old school TV feeling of like, oh shit, commercial, you gotta run through this. Ah, I gotta do that. Exactly. And then, so and then I, you have. I mean, like, I grew up on, you know, <laughs> broadcast TV. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I have a good sense of how long things I... are and how long commercial breaks are. And I watch baseball a lot. So, like, you also get it, like, it's a timing thing. Like, you're like, okay, all right, we're gonna, okay. Um,. I let the theme song go. Um, it does give me the option to skip intro, and I just look at that, and I'm like, no, man, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Sometimes I hear when the my song. cat was laying on the remote, <clears throat> so I can't skip the intro if I want, even if I wanted to, because I can't disturb the cat. No, that's fair. So I was just curious. So uh, after the theme song, uh, we're we're back in America. We're at the at the Hoover Building. And Mulder and Scully are getting into a car, and they find. Uh, first off, Mulder's like, "I thought I locked the car," which, as much shit as they've seen, and has FBI agents, you would think they would like stop, that would pause, and I make would them pause. and go, "Wait a minute, this was locked," and they would like, I would start looking around the car. They didn't. He didn't even look be in the back seat of the car. He didn't do the. He didn't do the uh, urban legend like he like he needed to look at the backseat of the car. He just gets in the car and is like, "Oh, that's weird. I locked it, but it was, it was open." And then on the dashboard was a cassette tape because we're in 1993. And um, uh, although at this point CDs did exist, so actually this person was still kind of rather outdated. But anyway, uh, no, 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 <laughs> not for what was on the tape. I no, mean, well, because... no, it was possible. It was pot. It would have been a pain in the ass in '93, but it would have been possible to have voice recorded yourself onto a computer and then burned that onto a CD and then leave the CD in the car. It would have been you a know, pain. Though, no, that I mean that would have sucked, and it would have taken like 32 hours. <laughs> I just said it was possible. I didn't say that's what she should have done. I'm okay. just saying it was possible. Like, if this took place in, like, 1982, then no. This cassette tape all the way. Absolutely. But it's it's ninety, <laughs> it's 93. They had, the, they had the capability to record CDs and stuff. But okay. Neither here nor there. He listens to this tape. And it's this, it's this uh, woman with a British accent who's, like, like telling a story about, like, yeah, a guy had a tape like this. And he put it in. And it... it uh, 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 started up this thing in his car that if he tried to leave the car, it would blow up and there's a bomb in the car and blah, blah, blah. And Mulder and Scully are all panicked looking around as this thing. And then the doors open and we see this British chick there. Um, How do you know she's British? Like when you just see her though, there's a British chick there. Like, well, she was, well, 
Oh, because she talks right away when she opens she does, the door. Yeah, but she opens the door. You don't like look at her like, oh, it's a British chick. You well, know? okay. Well, no, no, no. Wait, I take it back. There are some British people who you can look on site and they are just painfully British. Like, they just look British. Like, they don't have to say shit. And you're just like, oh, fucking British person. Like, I, I can't explain the look. Like Benny Hill. You know Benny Hill is British. Yeah, that, that's an example. <laughs> but there are people I come across on Facebook, like, in the recommends people. Mm-hmm. I just see, like, the faces or, like, the foreheads. And I'm like, oh, that that's a British person. Like, not even talking to the person. That's a, that's a fucking British person. Wait, what do you have against British people? I got nothing against British people. They just look British. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really fully explain it. It's 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 hard for me to explain. It's it's just I can just tell. I can just tell. No, what... I mean I've watched a lot of British TV. I mean because I've I've seen like every episode of Doctor Who, and I'm like talking like original Doctor Who. OG, Rose. Not, like... Rose looks British. I'm talking original Doctor Who. Oh well, okay. But yes, Rose does look British. It it is there is a look about certain British people, um, and it's usually I found women. Like some men, but I found like you can look at a, a woman like, mm, yeah, she's British. All right, Brenda, you have to come on to a Twitch stream some Saturday night. We're gonna play a game called "Is this person British or not?" Okay, <laughs> I don't know what a Twitch is, so we're gonna have to talk about that. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, we're we're gonna continue on. This British person is Inspector Phoebe Green. And we discover first we think just friends with Mulder. They're just, they're just pals. No, we don't. Well, no. I don't. At, at, at media, well, yeah, you do. You've seen this episode probably nine thousand times. To the person who's first watching this, they just think they're friends because no. we've met Mulder's friends before from college and stuff. So we're like, mm. oh, this is just another acquaintance, another pal. No, no, they used to fuck, and they used to fuck wild. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to jump to it. There's a part in the episode where they're talking and they're like, remember when we had sex on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's grave? And I'm like, Mulder, what the fuck are you into? <laughs> I mean, that I think is one of the least shocking things. Because like, I think, <laughs> I, I mean, I would expect that out of Mulder. Mulder, what the fuck, man? I will say he is disproportionately like much better looking than she is. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, well, I don't think they yeah. don't match. But I think shoot? he would fuck anything that moved. So, well, yeah, he that that's his reputation. But uh, she also might have looked different in college. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because people do change from college. No, I'm the same. Oh no! Well, no, no, that's true. But although I, I didn't meet you in college, but uh, that's probably true. Um, I've definitely looked different than I did in college. Very differently than I did in college. Anyway, so yeah, so we learned that about Mulder that, that he and Phoebe hooked up on <laughs> Conan Doyle's grave because we find out he went to he went to England to study. Uh, he knew that already. And uh, he met Phoebe, and they hooked up, and they had all kinds of wild sex on great. You think it was more than a hookup, though? Well, no, they were like in a relationship, but like, yeah, I'm using I'm using the term hookup very loosely. They because were. I think 
everyone is a hookup to Mulder except for Scully in, in the end. Like Oh, and yeah, speaking of Scully, when she when Phoebe enters the scene, oh my god, daggers were coming out of fucking ooh, Scully's eyes. Like I thought for Phoebe. sure ooh. she was gonna jump over that car and fucking strangle this woman. <laughs> my god. My god. Scully did not like this chick from the get go. <laughs> she was like this no this she liked i mean she saw her as a threat immediately oh 100 you know, like, like, she's like oh no this is not good 100 percent. but i will say this scully if you compare her to the british woman scully's way hotter so well yeah obviously yeah i'm not even arguing that yeah absolutely yeah the british woman i'm just gonna refer to her as the british woman <laughs> Well, I would probably call her Phoebe because the notes that I'm reading say Phoebe. So, anyway, Phoebe, uh, you know, you you can call her whatever you want. I'm calling her Phoebe just because I'm looking at my notes. Phoebe came to Mulder because she has a weird little case going on about uh, the guy that we just saw burn, like, actually spontaneously. And, you know, she could use his help. And so he decides to take this case to a arson expert who must jerk off to fire pitchers every wow. night. This yeah. dude was super in fucking tense. <laughs> this was the most intense. I think this might be the most intense character that we've seen to date about. Because like, there's a later episode where we, we see a bug expert who is similarly intense. But this guy's like... <laughs> he was oh, like, he blew he up... <laughs> the pitcher and he's like against the wall of the pitcher and he's like fondling he's fucking fondling fire <laughs> he has got a raging fire boner yes <laughs> my god does does this FBI and the X-Files not like background check people be fair to hire <laughs> no I think they do and I think this is what they want <laughs> We want someone who is so, like, knows fire so intimately they can tell us everything about fire. We don't care how they fucking do it. Yeah. Hey, man, whatever whatever you do when you're at home with the pictures, you know, we're not going to question it. You You know, make make copies because we don't want the originals to get soiled in any kind of way. Not soil. The originals. So the fire guy's just telling him like all the stuff about fire, like oh this must have been the so many degrees, and uh, you need this kind of accelerant, and you know blah 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 like fire stuff. Um, rocket fuel does come up at one point. It's like that they possibly could have used some rocket fuel to have done this. Um, they talk about jet fuel. Oh, was it jet fuel? Because I got rocket no, fuel. It was rocket fuel. I'm, I was making. A oh, video. you're making a nine eleven <laughs> joke. Gotcha. Sorry. Too <laughs> yeah, too soon. Brenda, I'm so offended. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> all right, anyway, so we then learned that... Um, so these are all people from Parliament, from England, and uh, whoever's being burnt to death, they're all members of Parliament, and not the George uh, Clinton van. Uh, <laughs> that would have been really tragic. <laughs> that really been a cool episode, actually. <laughs> Yeah, the Parliament of Funk keeps getting caught on fire. 
guest starring George, George Clinton. Clinton. Hey, he was in PCU. He could be in an X Files episode. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what PCU is, it's fine. It's, I know what that is. You're awesome, Brenda. High five. Um. Anyway, so members of parliament are the ones that are getting all caught on fire. No, I'm now picturing <laughs> members of of the Parliament of Funk catch on fire. Uh, well, thankfully, I don't got to say Parliament much longer. So anyway, members of Parliament of Funk keep getting caught on fire, and so one of them, uh, one of them, a uh, Malcolm Marsden, uh, moves his family temporarily on vacation to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, which is actually the setting of this episode, and um, he, it's 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 him, it's his wife, and two little kids. And um, they're all very British, very, very, very British. Um, these are the kind of this is what, these are the people that I'm talking about when I say you can identify them as British. Yes. The, these four, these four are 100% no doubt. They, this, these were not Americans pretending to be British. These were fucking British people, and um, uh, they come across uh the guy from earlier who had the goatee, but now he's clean shaven. Um, and he How calls, does that happen, Jason? I can't imagine one day one person having a beard and the next person they don't. The next I, time they don't. I mean, yeah, how does that happen? No, it, it's I know it's it's fucking silly, right? Like who would who would have a magnificent beard and facial hair and then just the next time you see your friend is just suddenly gone? Like who right, would, it's the weirdest fucking Only thing. a psychopathic asshole would do such a thing. And and, oh, and not warn God. a person like, hey, yeah. you log on. I'm s- <laughs> my face is naked. <laughs> Be prepared. So now this guy goes by the name Bob. I don't think we knew his name at the get go, but now he calls himself I'm as sure Bob. Um, well, we do learn his name eventually, but yeah. for now we just know he's Bob. And you know what a great British name is Clive. That's a good British name. Yes. I'm going to call him Clive. Because there, there's no English. There's no American named Clive. It's They're all British people. You're right. I like the way you think. Uh, well, right now he's going by the name Bob. And he's using an American accent. Uh, to pose has the uh, um, groundskeeper of this place that they're like staying the caretaker, at. Like the caretaker. That's the yeah. word I was trying to find. Um, caretaker. And uh, he's speaking an American accent, and he's all like, "Like, gosh, if you guys ever need anything, come to your pal Bob, and I'll take care of you. And um, his whole thing that we've learned in this episode is he likes cigarettes, and he likes to uh, light up these cigarettes with his mind. Um, we get a scene later. I'm just gonna. I'm jumping around. If you're okay That's with fine. that, Brenda. Uh, we get a scene later where he's t- talking to the kids and he's trying to get the kids trust. I don't know what he's trying to do, and he's like, "Hey, kids, you want to see a magic trick?" And then he does this thing where he makes the cigarette disappear, and then when it reappears, it's already lit. Um, and then he does that like a few times with the kids, and then he tries to peer pressure the kids into smoking. During this part, I'm like, "This guy's a cocksucker! What the fuck?" <laughs> And it was so like I, I was cringing because it was so weird. It was like, dude, what? It's like, <laughs> like leave the like you know, hey, leave those kids alone. Like it was a Pink Floyd it was like album, Marvel Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, he was trying to force these fucking kids to smoke. And they're and f- the one kid didn't want to do it, 
And then the other kid was very close to doing it. Like, he was so close. And then the mom ended up calling them, and then they, like, scattered away. But I was just like, what was the point of that? Like, just to get, like... I wonder if, like, if he would have smoked his wacky cigarette, then something would have happened to the kid. Like, he would have been under a spell, perhaps. Oh. I don't know. Or would be or able maybe to... maybe he got, like, Marlboro Miles for every kid he ever <laughs> smoking. Marlboro Miles! I forgot about Marlboro Miles because my stepdad used to smoke Marlboros and he had those. He had like a Marlboro tote bag and a Marlboro mug. He nonstop smoked Marlboros. You would like, have to like you. Like, uh, no, he got a lot of shit. It was crazy. Yeah, fucking Marlboro Miles. My God, <laughs> that was a memory just unlocked. <laughs> If we, if we need to do a therapy thing later, let's No, no, no. It wasn't really a bad thing. Okay. It was just something I forgot about. It was, like, deep in the, the recesses of my memory of just Marlboro Miles. And then, like, like I okay, a vivid memory. I'm not even joking. One time, he threw the box away, but he didn't take the Miles thing off. <laughs> so he had to dig through the trash to get the box out. And I'm like, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> People were very obsessive about <laughs> their cigarette gear in yeah. like the eighties. I think, especially in in the, in the early nineties. I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But I think the eighties was like the peak of that because I remember people with like Newport sweatshirts and shit. And like, I remember someone at school had a Newport duffel bag like it was very clearly like for their gym bag and yes. like they got in trouble because you can't advertise cigarettes in school you know they're like they made them like get it like you had to put tape over it or something <laughs> like, what the fuck? yeah my mom worked uh in a bar and a liquor store it was like a bar liquor store and so they would constantly get like like Promotion. t-shirts t-shirts and sunglasses and so she'd give them to me so yeah i'm walking around with like fucking newport t-shirts and like marlboro sunglasses and i'm like nine years old <laughs> i want to know if you wore like a virginia slims t-shirt ever did we have virginia i don't I, no i don't think we got virginia slims i think it was, i remember newport cool was one of cool, them I, yeah. I had a i had a cool shirt um i specifically had marlboro glasses because they were red i remember that mm -hmm. um we might have had a tote bag from Newport as well. I remember those like being a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I I was completely decked out, and I think we had like beer, like like, um um. Remember Bartles and James? Mm -hmm. We had something. I think I might have had a Bartles and James shirt too at some point. Um. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna go look for pictures when I was a kid. I think I got me. Wearing one of these things that I just told you. I don't remember which one. I hope it's the Bartles and James one now that I'm I? talking about it. But it might be more the Newport one. But anyway, I'm going to go see if I can find this picture. There's a very specific picture that I got in my mind that I kind of remember. Okay. And I was wearing one of these things. I'll, I'll look for it and I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, okay, so basically here's what's going on. We're kind of jumping around this episode. This guy, Bob, uh, who was oh, Clive. You want to call him Clive? Clive. Yeah, uh, but he's going by Bob name Bob. Clive. Clive Bob. Um, Bob, Bob, Clive, 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 Bob, Clive, Bobster. Anyway, um, Clivester, Clivester, the Clivester. Um, so anyway, 
uh, he he's a he's he's one of those guys that can conjure fire just by thinking about it, like in his he's mind. Fire starter. Uh, he he's a wicked fire starter, a twisted fire starter, and um, and he's got vendettas against all these people in Parliament because he's in love with their wives for some reason. He's particularly in love with this one wife, um, uh. Who's just Lady Marsden in the credits, so that doesn't help me any. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, IMDB. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I thought she had a first name, but anyway. Um, Ethel? No. Nah, she's kind of hot. Anyway. Um, so he's in love with this, so he's burning the men of Parliament to get with the wives, apparently. I don't know if he got with the wife of the first guy that we saw burn. I, I doubt it, but I don't know. Um, so anyway... Lie. I mean, people have different strategies to to pick up to get to get laid. So they're gonna to get laid, yeah. Just just so. light people on fire. Um, one of my favorite parts is when he's at the bar randomly. Yes, <laughs> he's at this bar and he's talking to this chick, and she's kind of drunk. She's kind of cute, but you know, she's like ninety three cute. You know, she's cute for ninety three. Ninety three bar chick cute. <laughs> and um. And he and she's kind of flirting with him, and he's kind of flirting back. And then he's like, "Hey, you want to see a cool trick?" And he lights his finger on fire. And she's like, "Oh my god, that is cool!" And then suddenly his whole arm is just on fire. And then he just sets the bar on fire, like he's just put, he just sets everything ablaze. And I'm yes. like, "Dude, you are like the worst pickup artist on the face of the planet." I think maybe he also wants to fuck fire. Do you think when he has orgasms, does fire just yes. spurt in places? <laughs> so I, I feel think this is a barrier to him having a successful relationship. I feel so bad for all these women. <laughs> I mean, we can look at this a couple ways. We can like think of actual fire, or mm. does it like just burn after you have sex with him? Because I mean, think too ninety three. Women weren't really trimming down there, so that's a lot of uh, tinder to catch. Yeah. Ooh. That, ee, ee, ooh. This is where the Brazilian wax came into play. <laughs> Thank you, Brazil. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, <laughs> this guy, he's setting things on fire. We go to Mulder and Scully and uh, Phoebe, the British chick, and um, she's uh, she's asking Mulder's help to find this guy. And Scully uh, is not liking a bit of this. Scully is upset. This whole she's pissed. She just, she is she's so angry. This whole episode. daggers at this woman nonstop. Uh, there was a little exchange. I'm gonna paraphrase it. You may know the exact phrasing, but it was something about like he says Mulder is like, "Oh, I'm just extending a uh, friendly invitation," and she's like, "Oh, is that what you are extending?" <laughs> <laughs> that was top top tier dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was something that that. <clears throat> I, I, it is it is some pretty real dialogue. <laughs> that, was, that was really great. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it is. I was like, that's good. Um, I mean, I think David Duchovny. I mean, Fox Mulder has a boner this entire episode. I oh think yeah, that him see like 
and and Scully's reaction is just fueling the boner fire, so to speak. Um, but we do learn something else about Mulder. Um, we learned he very much has a fear of fire. Um, yes, to the point where he gets like near panic attacks when he's near it. Uh, we do see this in play a couple of times in the episode where he's 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 in a building that's on fire and then he just like freezes up and doesn't do anything. Um, <clears throat> but I wish I had the time to go back to all the episodes we've covered so far and wonder if there was ever any fire in any episode. Because I feel like that had to have been a somewhat of a thing that had to have happened by now. Like something had to have been on fire or something had to have been a flame. Um, but it's possible there wasn't. Because Chris Carter wrote this episode. Like this is a Chris Carter written episode. Yes. So, yes. You so know, this is like building on the, the mythos. And so the it's him. It's him making, yeah, Mulder mythos himself. Yeah. So... I'm going to assume he thought this through and was like, no, we never had fire. So, yeah, let's make Mulder scared of fire. But I don't know. We are only, okay, if we think about this too, we're only on episode 12. Yeah. And we've got um, about 8,000 more episodes to go. So there's a <laughs> lot of building. Yeah. Happen. We we can't get everyone's um, personalities and their their traumas, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Especially a very complex man like Mulder, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his weird sexual habits. Yeah. And uh, maybe. Oh, you seem excited. He has a fear of fire because he had sex with the um, man who's. Jizz is fire. <laughs> wow, I did not even think about that. Whoa. That's an awesome thing. Probably not, but it's an it's a, it's a theory. Man, it's a theory. The man who jizzes fire, I think, is in episode what, fourteen? I mean, no, wait. <laughs> Season fourteen. I don't know this. Season fourteen. <laughs> so, okay. So she's asked Mulder for help, and he agrees. Uh, Scully's all pissed off about this, and um, they realize that uh, he is stalking this very specific uh, member of the Parliament of Funk. And um, so they go uh, realize he's going to a party, the the, the member of Parliament. Um, so they all got to wear all these fancy, like, tuxes and stuff. Uh, she gets her, like what I'll say, uh, Julia um, Roberts' pretty woman moment where she comes downstairs and she's supposed to look all elegant and Mulder's making the eyes. Um, <clears throat> and then um, while they're all at the party, she and Mulder start, like, dancing and then kissing. And then Scully, meanwhile, she's hard at work. She's, she's working because, you know, she's pissed. And nothing motivates Scully to work more than when she has an emotion. As we find out in the next episode we're about yes. to talk about. <laughs> when Scully gets emotional, she needs to work, goddammit. And so she starts digging into who the guy is, the the fire guy. And she finds Clive. out, actually, uh, okay, we'll call him Clive. We will keep Thank calling you. him Clive, but I see his real name. It's mm-hmm. actually Cecil, which is also a very British name. But yes. Clive is much better. I'm 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 on your side with this. We're gonna call him Clive. Okay, thank you. But just for just for you know clarity's sake to anyone listening who wants this to be an accurate podcast, why are you listening Nobody to wants us? 
<laughs> but his name was Cecil. But regardless, we're calling him Clive. Anyway, she finds out his name is Clive and uh, that he just came into... And by the way, that was the most convoluted thing I've ever heard her say because she was like, so in 1929, there was a guy named Clive and then he was burned to death and then there was another guy named Clive, but they put an accent over the E, so now it's a different kind of Clive. And now today we have a third kind of Clive who just came into port. I'm like, okay, you found the lineage and now we he's here. We got it. Thanks. We, thanks, we already have like sort of a lineage episode earlier. Yeah, sort of with um, um space. Yeah, the tombs. Tombs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was very it reminded me of that. Absolutely. So she goes, runs over to the uh, the hotel where uh, Mulder and the uh, British chick are making out, and she runs. She walks in on this, and again, daggers jar jarting out of her eyes, and she's and you can tell she's like conflicted because she's like she wants to interrupt, but then like the other part of her is like, but why? Like why? Right. Why would I do this? Like no, he's just my work partner. Like why do I care so much? But then the other part of her is like. But it's Mulder, and you know, maybe I want to fuck him. And she's like, "No, no, work partner, he work guy. I only work with him. He's he's spooky Mulder, aliens." Ah! Um. Meanwhile, fire guy Clive sets Clive. Uh, uh, a floor of the hotel on fire where the children are, and uh, Mulder rushes up to try to save him. He gets a panic attack. And he just like is just frozen on the floor. I don't mean to laugh because having a panic attack is not a laughing matter. It is not because I I, <laughs> I have had them. But um, <laughs> like, it's almost laughable here just because yes. only because a it's fictional. We can make fun of fictional panic attacks. That's fine. And and b it's Mulder who we have known up until this point. To be like you know, kind of macho, and he wants to like be the tough guy and save the day, and then here he freezes up um, because his whole floor is on fire, and then he's just like like in a fetal position on on the floor, and so then uh uh the Bob A.K.A. Clive uh ends up saving the kids, quote unquote. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, the fire guys come in and they're like, oh, we got a guy on the floor here. And they got to like put the blanket around Mulder and carry him, carry him down the oh, stairs. Yeah. In front of Scully and Finn, and British chick. <laughs> they should have started making out. I mean. <laughs> okay. I can't remember if it was the last episode of our show we did or two episodes back. I called out the guy that wrote the little write up on the on the Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. I gotta call him out again because of this attention to detail. And okay. Brenda, I am directly quoting from this Wikipedia article. Okay, you ready? Mulder appears partially nude in the next scene, laying in bed with his silky chest hair apparent. Did you write this, Brenda? This sounds like you. This sounds like something you would do. Ooh, no. <laughs> but this is hilarious. It's in the fucking Wikipedia episode. Oh, my God. This person was in love with Mulder, apparently. Ooh. Mulder appears partially nude in the next scene, laying chest in bed hair. with his silky chest hair apparent. This dude sure. has a raging 
hard on for Mulder. Yep. Silky chest hair. I wait. cannot wait to read the article of the freak house one where Mulder's doing the stance. I have to know how that's described. <laughs> the Speedo episode. Holy shit. I have to know how these are written. Please don't disappoint my man, whoever wrote these things. <laughs> oh, God. Wow, I feel like I'm <clears throat> in the middle of a tawdry romance novel now. <laughs> silky chest hair. Uh, chest hair appears. Silky chest hair. Because, like, I'm glancing at this as we're talking, and I see the word silky, so I'm thinking, like, his shirt? And I reread it, and it's like, silky chest hair. Like, like oh. <sighs> All right. That's very sure. Oddly specific. Yes. But what's funny is it's also true. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's not true, but it's not something. If if I was going to write a synopsis of anything, unless it was the history of chest hair, that I would ever reference the silky chest hair of anything. Why the fuck would you mention that unless? It was something you were really into, which is fine. He says that's something I would do. <sighs> so after that, after that, um, they they start looking into the help, and they they. I'm not start... kink shaming, by the way. If your thing is <laughs> just hair, if that's your thing. I mean, have fun with it, but no, I'm not either. Just when, for the record, I also. A synopsis of a very established, like, cult, classic, sci-fi series. You don't, you don't do that. They needed to, he needed to let everyone reading this know he's laying in bed with his silky chest hair, apparent. He had, we had to know this, Brenda. These are important facts. They needed I mean, to be marked. Facts if you're whacking off or whatever, but and that's fine. <clears throat> I'll just say that this guy's version of the VHS tape got a little fuzzy right around this part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> they realize that it's the the they kind of do some little investigating. They find out that Bob is AKA Clive. Bye. Um, and they show up to the house, uh, there Mulder discovers that Phoebe and the dad of this family are banging, apparently. That came out of fucking nowhere. I don't know where the fuck that came from. (laughs) Oh, and then we get these scenes, like, in between all this of, like, where, like, Mulder's trying to, like, wrestle with his feelings of being around Phoebe, because apparently it wasn't the healthiest of relationships, and so he was trying to get over her, and then he got over her, and then she appeared again in his life, and then she kind of wants to talk about the past, but he won't let her. And so she's like, you know, you remember how you felt about me when we had sex on Surrender Conan Doyle's grave? <laughs> By the way, that is not mentioned in this fucking description. Why did you leave that out, but you put the fucking chest hair thing in? <laughs> I'm more sense. excited about having sex on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's grave than I am about fucking Malta's chest hair. Well, I think it's because the chest <clears throat> hair does become a recurring character throughout the series. I guess. Sure. Anyway, so 
the, so he's wrestling with feelings. He may be getting feelings back for her. So that's why when he discovers this, he gets like his world collapses and he's just like, you know what? Fuck her. Um, and I, and I think he uses that anger energy to get over his fear of fire because now the, the dad, the, the Bob Clive guy has the family like locked in a room. Uh, and then he starts setting the house on fire. Um, and so Mulder obviously has to be the one to go. (laughs) He has to redeem himself for the hotel incident. So he's going to brave the fire that is now spreading all throughout the house uh, to go save this family that's locked in this room, uh, which he does. He gets over it. He he finds his inner peace, and he gets pissed off at the British chick, and so he uses that to, <laughs> to like, I'm saving this family. Um, I think that's his catharsis, <clears throat> like the whole like breakup, like his, his moment of closure, if you will, from that yes. relationship comes right there. And we know that one thing that Mulder definitely needs in his life is closure as we continue through oh. the series because he has no closure with <laughs> anything. Like anything in his life. Mm. And I think this actually here is his like first moment of closure. <laughs> yes. Yes. And to see how traumatic mm. it is, I think is interesting given how things play out later. Cause we've obviously seen this whole series. Um, but you know, if anyone who's seen more than, you know, like, or any thing past season one they know that that this this dude's fucked up and a lot of horrible like weird shits happened and you know as we find out these things i think this is just the first spark pardon the pun um if you will (laughs) um trauma that we see that gets extinguished um as he works look come on i had to this is this is why you're my (laughs) co-host This but I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as an asshole, because I'm, I'm good at being an asshole. But <laughs> it's, um, this is what I think. I, I think this is his, the we see is his first, um, cathartic moment. I agree with you. 100%. We, we don't have any. <clears throat> We know he's a very complicated, conflicted dude yeah. who has a lot of unresolved trauma shit in his life. And as yeah. someone who has a lot of unresolved trauma shit in their life, I can tell you, <laughs> catharsis is awesome when you get it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to say he probably went home and watched a lot of porn after this happened and did his Probably movie. British porn on top of that. but No, no. What's the opposite of British porn? Whatever the opposite of that is he watched. What's the opposite Canadian, of Canadian? Maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. Finland? What would be the opposite? We need Japanese? Like a... We need. Do you watch hentai? Ooh, I can see yeah. Mulder getting into hentai. Yeah, porn. he watched hentai porn. That's what he did. Um, <clears throat> so the family saved. Uh, uh, Clive uh, sets himself on fire because you can't fight fire with fire. And he just starts burning. Uh, running theme in this episode, people burning on lawns that were very well manicured and upkept. I think it's something about an environmental (laughs) statement by Chris Carter about the waste that goes into lawn care. Chris Carter hates lawns, confirmed. He he wants everyone's, like, yard to be, um, rocks. Just like a gravel pit, yeah. (laughs) So, they, they end up arresting Clive, um... They put him in a uh, hyperbaric chamber. Uh, he has fifth to sixth degree burns on his body. He's got a body temperature of 109 degrees. 
and he just looks like a mess. And uh, they're trying. They're... Brenda, if you ever need to make like a portfolio of your time on podcast, this is going to be the episode you need to draw from because okay. <laughs> you're just knocking them out of the park today. <laughs> I've had a I've had a really good week. So a montage of you saying cocksucker on every episode of the show, and then all the jokes you've just made in this episode. That's going to be your audio portfolio when you move on to different uh, podcasts. When you leave me behind, wait, and you wait. go and you go work for I don't know the Conan O'Brien's podcast network. I don't, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but but you could. You no. definitely have the chops for it. Um, so they're trying to figure out what to do with Clive here because they, they obviously no jail can hold him. So that gets kind of unresolved. Um, Mulder's getting over this new recent development with, uh, the British chick. Uh, she left him another tape, but he refuses to listen because he's growing and he's like, I do not want to know what she has to say. It's fucking uh, manipulative as hell too. That, that whole thing. Like, yeah. Or I'll leave him a tape. No, no, fuck you, bitch. Really. And he doesn't listen to it. So good on Mulder. Um, that's, that's growth right there. That, yeah. that is. I mean, cause Mulder at the beginning of the episode totally would have listened to it. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, uh, anyway, that's the episode fire, uh, episode 12 of the X-Files. I enjoyed this episode. This was a fun episode. Uh, fucking Scully getting mad at Mulder's relationship with the British chick. Uh, the dude in the bar, like, like with the bar that scene was funny. Scene. That is a um, fun scene. There's a lot of great stuff in this episode. I, I, I love this episode. I am also a fan of it. Um, but as I, I said earlier, I've watched a lot of British TV uh-huh. <laughs> and I like, I really, I like, I like a good British accent. Like it. You know, uh, it's I, I I enjoy British things, um, and I just I, I like the episode being you know Anglo-centric, if you will. Um, okay. And I also enjoyed the silky chest hair. Silky apparent. chest hair, apparent. His silky chest hair, apparent. Yes, absolutely. I think the next time I have to write some sort of legal thing, I'm gonna try to work that in. I mean, I can't obviously work in cocksucker. I, I can't do it. No. Unless yeah. someone says it and I can quote them. Yes. Okay. The defendant called the officer a cocksucker. cocksucker. But I could, you know, like the officers broke into the house and <clears throat> saw the man laying in bed. His silky chest hair apparent. I can say that in a legal writing. If it's you could, yeah, you're quoting, right? You're you're quoting a defendant or a plaintiff or whatever. Or whatever um, I do, <clears throat> no one knows. <laughs> it's a secret. It is a secret. Uh, all right, that is that for that episode. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna put an ad here for another awesome rabbit hole podcast show. It might even be this show you're listening Ooh, to. What if it know. was an ad for our own show? I have to see how the schedule plans out. That'd be hilarious. Um, but when we come back, uh, we will talk about uh, the next episode called uh, Beyond the Sea. Stay tuned. Hey, Nick. Hey, Bubba Weed. Hey, did you know this? the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel? He, he was actually talking about his penis. What? The whole time? Yeah, it's, you know, he was talking about having sex. And, and did you know that... Uh, 
the song Blinding Lights by the Weekend was actually about driving under the influence. Under the influence? I figure driving because of the lights, but under the influence as well? And did you know that Weapon of Choice was actually about Dune? No, no. Now I know you're lying. It could be. And uh, at Lyrical Innuendo, we actually discuss these songs and more and decide if they are really about sex, drugs, or if they're just rock and roll. And you can find the newest episodes on Spotify and everything else at rabbitholepodcasts.com. Okay, we are back. Uh, we are back with another episode. Uh, we are on episode 13. Lucky uh, number 13. Lucky 13. This show comes out on the 13th of every month, so there that's you go. Why it's, that's why it's the lucky number. That's why it's the lucky number. This is called Beyond the Sea. Um, it is the Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, it starts at Christmas. It doesn't deal with Christmas. Well, Actually, no, even, I kind of, I kind of forget about it until I read the stuff, and then it's like, da- you know, Dana Scully had her parents over for Christmas. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This was like Christmas. But it, it doesn't like the dad like talk about you still have your Christmas tree up like. It's just sometime after Christmas. Well, okay. it, but it does. It looks like it's not that far after Christmas. So for him, I mean, it doesn't look to like criticize it, that. You- that like um some people keep halloween direct decorations up all year so maybe she keeps her tree up all year because her dad made it t- made her take it down like the day after christmas when she was yeah. young it traumatized her um so one of the one of the people that's in this episode uh is an actor named don davis Mm-hmm. who plays uh scully's dad mm-hmm. uh he is also um uh, Colonel Briggs on Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. He had a run of being a creepy looking dad guy on TV in the early nineties. He did. <laughs> and, this, and and well, I'm sure we'll talk about this as we get into the episode, but the, the, there's one scene that really creeps me out, like very much near the beginning of the episode. We're getting yeah, we're about to get to that. So yeah. So we start off with Scully is having her parents over uh for dinner. We find out it's a little bit sometime a little bit after Christmas. Um and they're, you know, just kind of talking or whatever. Uh we kinda we get a feeling that like the dad never really approved of like Scully's job choice. Um, and so he, he's trying to be civil. Like, you know, he talks to her and whatever, but like he's, he, he deep down, he seems disappointed in her being an FBI agent and not being a doctor, um, which is a backstory we got like way back in episode one from Scully with her medical degrees and stuff. Um, and so they leave Scully's house. They're like, you know, oh, we're going to go home and, you know, marry a happy new year, maybe. I don't know. They say something and they leave. Um, Scully falls asleep with the TV on and she wakes up and she sees this is the part you're talking about. The yep. dad is just sitting in a chair across from her and he's saying something, but you can't hear what he's saying. He's mouthing something that creeps and- me the fuck out. I can. This was really creepy. And again, this dude is like one of the best actors. Like, I don't know why he's not so well known. Because he yeah, could he's... do creepy. I don't know if he's still alive. I will do the Googling, Brenda. I will Google if this guy's still alive. You do not don't. use your weird don't. Google powers that you seem to have. <laughs> I'm going to see if this guy is still alive. No, he is not. He died in 2008, unfortunately. 
Um, but he can play creepy really well. I mean, he does it here wonderfully with that scene where he's in the chair and Twin Peaks is like Pete, no pun intended, peak of him being creepy. Yes. Because uh, he's got to do a lot of weird shit on Twin Peaks, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just he's just wonderful, this guy. Uh, again, his name is Don Davis. Um, I got to give him a shout out because he was wonderful. But he's so. dead. He is un- unfortunately no longer with us. But uh, Don Davis, you are the real MVP. So, <clears throat> yes. Um. So yeah, he's sitting rather creepily in this chair across from Scully. Wait, can we and... dedicate this episode um, of the podcast to Don Davis? Yes, absolutely, Don Davis. Dedicated to you, my man. Wherever you may be, beyond the sea. Um. So yeah, she sees him mouthing words but can't hear him, and then she's trying to figure out why he's there because they left hours ago, and then she gets a phone call from the mom, uh, saying that the the dad had a, a stroke or a coronary, like some terrible thing happened, and he died. He died an hour ago, which makes Scully go, "But he was just there," and then theme song. <laughs> I, I love this theme song, how it just punctuates the scene. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it, 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 the build-up at the beginning. Like, is, uh, like, that's why I will always play the theme song when I watch these, because it's, like, the perfect, like, They boom. really knew how to use the theme song. <laughs> yes! They um, did. Yeah, man. There are other props. shows that did that. Night Court did that well, too. Like, they have that <laughs> yeah, little yeah. beginning. For then... a different reason, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you know what I mean. Like you have that X Files, Night Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it would be like um, boom, you know. Boom, absolutely. No, I I one hundred percent get what you're saying. I'm on your side. Thank you. Um, after the theme song, uh, we get hints of Zodiac Killer, um, yes. because we had two teenagers making out in a car, and this guy comes up to the car and is like, kind of pretending to be a cop, and he's like, "Hey, I need you to get out of the car." And then the guy in the car realizes this ain't a cop. And so um, the, the guy pretending to be a cop then overpowers actually both of them um, by knocking them out. Or he does something to them. But anyway, he knocks them out. And now they're just missing. <clears throat> um, and so um, we then go to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are you know in the X-Files. We're in Mulder's office. And uh, oh, in the basement. Was it this episode or the last one? I just now remembered something. I can't remember which episode it was. the The hat with the nightcap was seen in one of these episodes. I think it was this one. I think think it is, but I'm not. I think I know. But anyway, because there's this part where Mulder's leaving his office and he's grabbing his coat off the coat rack. And you see the nightcap hat like yeah. just hanging there. And I remember going like doing the Leonardo DiCaprio meme with the pointing yeah. finger. I was doing that. <laughs> and I was like, hey <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if people in ninety three caught that, like when that aired originally. I doubt it. That would be what what we would call an Easter egg now, right? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent an Easter egg. But I yeah, I have to wonder if anyone caught that back then. Um But um Anyway, in in uh, Mulder's office, we learn um, that a guy that Mulder helped put away, named uh, Luther Boggs, um, is on death row 
Uh, he's uh, about to be gassed in like four days. Uh, he was supposed to have been gassed some time ago, but he got a stay of execution. Um, and now Luther is saying that he has psychic visions and he's able to talk to spirits and he can predict things. And, um, um, funnily enough, Mulder does not believe Luther can do this. And this right. episode, we're going to get into this, but the episode does a funny twist on things here. Yeah, it really does. Um, which I appreciate. Um, and I feel like I got to also point out that Luther Boggs is played by the wonderful actor, Brad Dorff. Yes. He's so good. I am a huge Brad Dorff fan. He is like one of the best actors. Let's like not he's super well known. He's underrated. Yes. Definitely. 100% underrated. Like, you know, he's the voice of Chucky just to be, you know, kind of go mainstream. Uh, but he was in so much stuff. He was in one flew over to cuckoo's nest. Uh, he was, he had a scene and actually I mentioned earlier, urban legend. He was in the beginning of urban legend. He's just a very prolific actor who's he, really good at what he does. He's in his, I think late seventies. Now he's a lot older than what I oh, yeah. thought yeah, he yeah. was. Cause I saw earlier this year, like on his birthday or whatever. Cause I, I'm, I'm a horror fan. So like something popped up on one of my pages, like, Oh, the voice of Chucky is however old he was. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize he was that old. And I looked up like his acting career when it started. And I don't I don't think I realized it went back as far as it did. Mm -hmm. um, but it does. And he's he's like acting. one Florida Cuckoo's Nest was like an early role, and that was like a seventy two movie. Seventy two, I, I think. Yeah. Um, um way early role. And yeah. but I mean such a good movie though. Yeah, yeah. It is. Oh, but anyway, I never read the book. Oh wait, no, I take that back. I did read the book, but I was like a teenager, so I don't really remember it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I I read it a long time ago. I also saw the movie a long time ago, and I Cause, one that I specifically remember thinking, oh, the book was so much better. Because the book takes place from the point of view of a uh, chief, right? Mm -hmm. Or am I misremembering wait, that? Hold on, shit. It's been a long time. Don't quote me on this. I felt like the book took place from the point of view of chief, the chief. Fuck. I can always look it up, but, um, it, it's um, just one that just sticks in my mind that, you know, the cliche is all the book is always better. No. Like this one, it's definitely true. It's not always uh, true, but, um, yes, it is done by the point of view of, uh, uh, the chief. So yes, I did read this book when I was a teenager. Cause I remember, I did remember that. I don't remember what I thought of it. Cause I was, I was a teenager Right. And I was a teenager who was into movies, so obviously I seen this movie a bunch, and I was like, "Oh, it's based on a book. I like to read. I'm gonna go get the book." And then I read it, but then I don't remember what I thought of it. I think I liked it. I don't know. Well, I don't let me ask honestly you remember. This. You, you said you've watched the movie a bunch, and we're getting a lot. Yeah. Of when I was, you know, yeah, let's post if you want. I, don't, I, don't I can. Care. But I can't watch that movie over and over again. It's that's one that I might be able to watch once a decade. Because so, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. Because of I mean, the subject matter, and maybe that's personal to me, but I just find that it, it's it's a disturbing movie. No, it is. I I agree. And I like so, disturbing things. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it was like okay. So my mom is the reason why I'm into movies. Like she was mm. she was really into movies. That was like her thing. 
So that was why I am the way that I am was because of her. So as I was growing up, she sort of made it like an unofficial mission to get me to watch all these classic movies from like when she was a teenager and a kid and stuff. So one of them was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Now, this is when I'm like, she was also the kind of person who would show me movies that were not very appropriate for my age. Not like hardcore sex, but like you wouldn't show a 10 year old One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But I was like around that age when I watched it for the first time, but I did like it. I saw Porky's um, when I was like eight, so, you know. So, but I'm I did younger, like it. actually, so. <laughs> so, I remember liking it, and then I remember getting a little bit older, like maybe I was like 14, I remember thinking about it, and I was like, I kind of want to see One Photo Clues, so I would get it from the library, and I'd watch it then, and then there would be like, so every couple of years I get like a hankering to watch it, just because it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I admit, it's very like depressing, the ending's a downer, um... But really, it's the performances that make me go like Jack oh. Nicholson and Louise Fletcher, you know, all of them, well and, acted, and like, Brad Dorf. He's in this, w- w- without um, a doubt, superbly acted. So it's really more. I'm just watching these for the performances okay. than the story. Which I'm, you know, the story's good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like you know, if I don't focus on the story, I can, I can probably watch it multiple times <laughs> and not think about it too much. Because then I'm like, oh man, that was just, that was brilliant acting, you know. So there was a point where then I decided to read the book, uh, and then yeah, I remember, I remember it being from the point of view of of the chief. So, uh, anyway, uh, I took that little aside because we really could sum this up pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, it's pretty. Um. So basically, okay, so this guy, Luther Boggs, who's played by Brad Dorf, uh, wonder seriously, I'm gonna say this and I'm I'm willing to bet money this is true. One of the best actors to show up in the X Files. Yeah. Like I cannot imagine anyone else showing up even the episodes we haven't covered yet. I can't imagine anyone topping Brad Dorf. I'm sure there's gonna be some time in the future I'm gonna eat those words. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say right now. Jason Soto on July 7th, 2023, as God's my witness, no other actor <laughs> was better than Brad Dorf on this episode. Because <laughs> he was phenomenal. Like, he you was wonderful. Okay. We will, we will, we will, I will look forward to that. So, anyway, so what's going on is, uh, um, what's that guy's name? Luther. Um, he uh, psychically knows where these two kids that were that were kidnapped, where they're being held. Mulder thinks that uh, Luther is working with the kidnapper on the out, you know, from the inside. Like he's orchestrating this kidnapping so he could, because uh, he's trying to make a deal with the state. Oh, by the way, we're in we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. I forgot to mention that. Very obviously. And- in Raleigh, because <laughs> this prison looks exactly like a prison in <laughs> We get like three settings: we get the prison, we get then two skanky warehouses, and that's about it, really. Well, um, the accents, Ooh, boy. <laughs> um, so Mulder thinks that Luther's making all this up, the psychic stuff, so he can get out from being, you know, executed. Because Luther's like, I'll tell you where these teenagers are. If you, you know, make me a deal or I just do a life sentence in prison. Like, he's willing to just do a life. Oh, and also, I don't know if I mentioned this or not. Luther was a serial killer. He killed, he like, a not, bunch but... of people. Because um, I got excited about Brad Dorf, so I forgot to mention that. Yes. 
Um, but yes, Luther was a serial killer. He was a very prolific serial killer. Mulder helped catch him and put him in prison. That's how that's how Mulder and him are connected. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, so Luther's trying to get away from you know Atlanta to be executed, just do a life in prison for his serial killing. That's the deal. Mulder is like bullshit. I don't believe you. You're working with the kidnapper just so you can get away with this. Uh, he tests him by giving him a piece of fabric, and <clears throat> uh, Luther is like, "Oh, the kids are in this warehouse, and there's a waterfall, but it's not a waterfall, and it's condemned, and all these other little clues that come right. up later." Um, and then Mulder's like, "That is not a shirt from the victim. That's one of my shirts." Um, but then a weird and interesting twist happens as Mulder leaves. Typically, Scully leaves first, and then Mulder sees the wacky shit. This time, Mulder leaves, leaving Scully with Luther, and Luther starts singing Beyond the Sea because when they buried the dad, they played Beyond the Sea, the song, because it was the song that uh, the mom and dad uh, played or danced to or something at when wedding, he proposed. Yeah. yeah, at the wedding. That's it. Yeah, at the wedding. So that's like the dad's or the mom and dad's song, Beyond the Sea. So Luther starts singing Beyond the Sea. And then the dad used to call Mulder, or sorry, used to call Scully uh, Starbuck. And then Luther starts calling her Starbucks. So now she's like questioning everything now. Because how would he have known the Starbuck thing? How would he have known the, you know, the Beyond the Sea thing? That Those are two very kind of random things. You know what very. I mean? Like, you know, you could sit there and guess for like a thousand years about what someone's parents' wedding song could have been. It would be like a one in a million shot that you would land on Beyond the Sea. Yeah, so, I think you, you would have to, to know. That's like a security question. It is. It really is. Yeah. What was your parents' wedding song? What was your parents' wedding song? Yeah. Next time I do a... a I have to put in a security question for a website. That's what I'm putting in. Um, right. And it's going to be Beyond the Sea. It's not my, my parents' wedding song. Of course. But, it's just, I mean, that's, but just that's just going to be the answer. So now um, I'm going to like steal all your money out of your bank account because I know your answer to everything. God like damn it, Brenda. This is all a scam this entire time. You you decided to do a podcast for me just so I could reveal information about my logins. I'm also a Nigerian prince. <laughs> oh, fuck. Damn it. Well, this is the final episode of FBI's Most Unwanted. <laughs> Everyone applauds. Oh, thank God. It's done. <laughs> Sick of hearing that foul mouth please talk about <laughs> cocksuckers and baseball and hot asses and long hair and white pants. Um, okay. So. So you just. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Scully's like, okay, this is weird. She's driving back to her hotel, and she sees the things that Luther was talking about. She sees a hotel called Niagara, which is the waterfall, but not a waterfall. She finds a building that was condemned, and I forgot the other clues that he said, but she sees all these things. He wants so, to see those things. She, Well, no, but she actually does see these things. She does, but... but She's in but a very then, heightened emotion state, as we know. And we also do learn, yeah, so, you know, she just buried her, well, her dad died, and they spread his ashes out in the ocean. 
Um, and so Mulder was like, do you want to be here right now? You should probably take some days off. And she's like, like, no, I need to work. Work is the only way I can get through emotions. And I'll say there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, when, when, when people do, people deal with loss in different ways. Some people want to keep busy. They don't want to deal with it right away. Yeah. No, I, I 100% get that at the, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when I lost my brother, I mean, I, I went back to work the day after the funeral because what, kinda, what, what good is it going to do for me to sit around and be at home and you're just thinking about it. Right. No, right. I, so I get it. That's like the last thing you want to do is to sit around and think about it. So I, I get her doing what she, she does. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. Um, so she ends up finding the former hideout of the guy that kidnapped the the, the couple, um, but they're not there no more. No. So because then the episode would be over if they were. And so they would we get this kill bogs, and that would be it. So yeah. we get this weird scene where Mulder's mad at Scully for believing in a thing and she he's like that could have been a trap he could have sent you there and had you killed uh blah 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 and then scully's like why are you mad at me didn't you want me to like believe in stuff and he's like no i want you to believe just not him <laughs> i refuse to believe that he has psychic abilities and he even says i believe in psychic abilities and i believe you can see spirits but I don't believe that he can see spirits, and I don't believe that he can, you know, talk to, you know, whatever. So then we get this weird, like, such like cross situation where it's like now Scully's the one. I mean, she doesn't fully believe; she's no. basically doubting it. But she's like so close. She's like so close because there's this part where she's talking to him to Luther in the jail cell. And he's like, you want me to talk, you want me to call your dad and, you know, have him talk to you. Because what she's all worried about, since he never approved of her job, she wanted to know if he did eventually approve of the job and if he was proud of her. That was what she needed to know. That's what she wanted to hear. And so Luther was like, I can do that, but I'm not going to do it until you make a deal and um, you try to get me to not be executed. <clears throat> and so then um, she tries. She actually tries. She talks to, like, the governor of uh, North Carolina or whoever. I don't know. I don't know if she the went governor. directly to the governor, but she, to somebody. She went to somebody in a really fancy office. The and person who would give a pardon would be the governor. It that's would be the governor. Pardon. Okay. It just seems weird for her just to be in the office of the governor like that sudden. Um, but yeah, sure. Um, and he's like, no, he's going to fucking die like tomorrow or two days from now or whatever it was. So there's a timeline basically because because um, he knows he, he can know where the couple is and um, – uh, and of course he wants, you know, Scully wants him to talk to the dad. So she's trying desperately to get this. The governor's like, no, he's going to die in two days. So they're trying to like, oh shit, we got to figure out, you know, where, you know, where these couple, where this couple is. Um, she lies to him and says they got the stay of execution. He's going to live. And then he tells his new vision of where they're at. 
Uh, he's like, yeah, they're in a, a building with the devil and uh, Mulder. Don't go near the White Cross. Um, <clears throat> because we get the shootout where uh, Mulder's by a White Cross and he gets shot. I forgot to mention that. He gets shot. And then he spends like the last half of the episode in a hospital bed. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that, actually. Uh, because we focus on Scully so much in this episode that like, I forgot Mulder yeah. was just in a hospital bed. <laughs> he was laying in a hospital bed. With a silky, silky chest. Oh, <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, she does. She Wait a minute. Hold on. One, what's one second. We're going yeah, to back up? to chest here for a second. Yeah, okay. In a hospital bed, I don't think he could have... I mean, because those are pretty high up. You know, they're like this usually, and then they choke you. So if you could see his chest hair, he's wearing it backwards, which means... Mm, yeah. Scully got a peek. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Sorry, Scully follows... I to, to bring that no, up. You, please, point these things out. Please point these things out. This is what I'm not paying you for. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Scully follows the new clues that Boggs gives him, gives her, and it is at some brewery that used to have like a devil logo on it, and the the kidnapper falls through like some rotted floor and dies. They find the couple. Um, they're pretty beat up, but they're alive. Cause oh that's what it was he beat them with like a wire hanger because apparently he's Joan Crawford. <laughs> yes, this is a that is a weird. I was like, <laughs> he's seen he's he's seen Mommy Dearest one too many times. I will um, say this: I I I have seen Mommy Dearest more than one time. Um, I used to I used to actually I I found that movie fascinating. I don't know why. Um, especially when I was younger, and I did read the book, and I I found the book to be crap. Oh oh look at that. What a twist. Um, so. Um, it wasn't literature. I'll put it that way. It was like reading eight National Enquirers back to back with with no ads. It was just like. Oh. Okay. So this leads to, to me to ask you, do you think it was real? Like, was she was she really going through this or was she just making a scandalous book just to get money? I think she <clears throat> probably... I don't think she made it all up. I think there might have been some exaggeration. Um, okay. But I don't like to, to... I mean, I can't judge. Because, you know, I, everyone perceives things in a certain light. But there... It just... It is a lot. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. For... <clears throat> I don't know. And then, at the, you know, at the end of Mommy Dearest, you know, she, like disinherits her i'm like really is she gonna do that because i would think that you know that someone's gonna spill the tea if you don't give them your money yeah i mean i think yeah. she was you know i think that it might have came out that she was disinherited and she might have been approached about like hey why why'd she disinherit you well, what's the deal and maybe she was treated shittily and I think a lot of stars, if you will, back in those days would adopt, they would raise children, have children, adopt children. And, and they were like um, showpieces, sort of like, you know, um, 
because that's what they were expected to do is to have children and and then I I you was I would just think the nanny would raise them and that the she wouldn't have much to do with them really. But, you would think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you would think. I, but... I think that probably she interacted more with hired help than her than Joan Crawford. Than Joan Crawford, um, yeah. I, I think that's probably and she probably felt extreme abandonment not only you know because she was adopted you know from original parents the og parents if you will yeah yeah and then she gets adopted she's like oh i'm gonna have this life and then she's trotted around and then ignored um i think that can uh, i I think it was sensationalized i'm not gonna say she wasn't abused i think it was very sensationalized um and that that's my take on it but i am not her so <laughs> fair enough okay all right but the movie was i mean i just i was just i don't know i think the, it's one of those movies that it looks old but it's like it's in color and it like seems like it should be it's in, like the 70s know? right like yeah. 70, late 70s i think like, Very late yeah 70s, 78 maybe 78 79 late maybe? 70s early 80s i don't <laughs> remember um you could look it up I could look it up really quickly. Um, so, um, 81. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty close. Um, so they find the, the kid, the, the kidnapped couple, uh, the kidnapper is killed. Scully believes that the kidnapper and Boggs did not work together. She's still hesitant about the whole psychic thing, even though clear evidence that he is. I mean, the signs, the, the white cross, the devil, the Niagara Falls, like, you know, but there's that. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> there's, I think, I don't know, there's there's something to be said for the suggestibility of a person. Because she does explain it, you know. After they find the couple that, you know, she goes to Mulder and she's she's like stating, I don't believe that he's psychic. He could have looked me up because he knows I'm your partner. He could have found information about me. Uh, how he would have guessed Starbuck and the song. That's still up in the air. Yeah. But everything else he could have easily have found. Um, so she's I think it's just her trying to explain it away. She doesn't want to believe. Yeah. She but she does said not she want wants to. to believe, but she does not want to. She believe. does not want to believe, no. So then the it ends with um Luther being put into the gas it's a gas chamber. She's he's gonna be gassed. Now, I never knew how gas chambers one hundred percent worked. Ooh, really? So th- I'm guessing this is I mean, this show was pretty, you know, serious and they would look things up and this so i'm guessing this was how it was done <laughs> which is fascinating to me because it's literally to anyone out there listening who doesn't know we'll explain what happens in the episode um he's tied to a chair he's put onto a heart monitor and then through like you know a sealed door there's a powder that's like in a like in a metal box that then gets dumped into some kind of water or acid or something. Water. And then uh, the powder is this, is this gaseous stuff that apparently fills the room. And I guess that's what kills him. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that was how that worked. 100% um, how it worked. 
like you know like the metal box and the dumping of it like mm-hmm. that like i thought it was like i guess i'm thinking like 70s where it's like a big tube and then they're just piping in the gas like from like they're turning a it's, knob it's actually then... far more brutal than that <clears throat> um but don't get uh, me started on the death penalty because that won't be a good yeah we've had like too many asides right yeah. now we'll we'll save that one for the next episode let's put that one on pause uh <laughs> um but he tells scully like hey i'll tell you what your dad has to say if you come to my execution and because she i i how, how do you take this because i take it has her being scared of the fact that he can talk to the dad. So he she doesn't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so she decides not to go to hear the message. And less about, you know, the message in itself. And because she's like, she also explains this away as like, well, he was my dad. So he had to have been proud of me. Um, I... Would have been fucking there <laughs> to hear what this had this this guy had to say. Whether I believed it or not, that would be a different story. I would want to know what he would say. I think that that Boggs was a master manipulator. This is this, on this top is of. I mean, I I'm I for the purpose of this episode, I I do think that he had psychic abilities, and I think that as the the show plays out. I, I think that he was exploiting those um, abilities, but I also think he was very much manipulating um, a very vulnerable Scully. Yeah. At the same time, um, I wouldn't have gone because, uh, I mean. Well, I mean, outside of having to see a guy die, I get that's probably fucked. Um, yeah. I mean, but, one, that's really fucked up. But two, I mean, I mean, a lot of it might have to turn on her religious views too, because she she's very obviously a Catholic, and I think that's yes, betrayed yeah, her yeah. out. Um, yeah. I do not subscribe to those beliefs, so I, I just no. Sorry. Okay, that, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. I would have gone. I I would have I would have won. I, not to see the guy die, just to hear what he was. I probably would have heard what he said, and then I would have dipped out before he died. Because um, I don't think I could. But it doesn't really work that way. So. <clears throat> oh, I, I don't. I've never been to these things, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, I've I've never witnessed an, an execution, but I I know how they work, and like okay, not okay. like they dump the stuff in and he dies right away. It's pretty. It's pretty oh yeah brutal. Because he even in the episode, like it happened, and he was still there for a few minutes, like you know, hearing because he was hearing the voices and seeing the people that he killed and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, it it took him a little while too to even die in the episode. And I don't think that um, they can leave that room either. Um, oh, again, I don't know how this works. So, um, not that any like normal person would know how it works. So it, it, it's not like common knowledge how these things actually work so i wouldn't expect anyone to know but it's actually really um so that's the episode i do want to point one thing out that i noticed in the episode um (laughs) doesn't make me sound terrible but i'm fascinated by serial killers no i I don't think that makes you sound i mean it's a fascinating subject psychologically it's 
the the kidnapper ended up being called Lucas Henry. Mm-hmm. There was a very ser- a very famous serial killer in the seventies called Lucas. Henry Henry Lucas, uh, Henry Lee Lucas rather. Sorry, uh, there was a movie kind kind of based on him. It wasn't accurate by any means. No, it was not. It was more it, like you said earlier. It was very sensationalized. It was just they took they took the story, um, and then they just went crazy with it. Yes. Um. But Henry Lee Lucas, to anyone who doesn't keep up with serial killers because you're a normal person, unlike us, uh, was a very prolific serial killer in the 70s. Uh, He supposedly killed so many people that the exact number is not known. He confessed to like something like 70, maybe a hundred, like around 70 to 100. I think he confessed to like between 70 and 100, but they've been able to confirm like 50 or something. I think they've, it's like confirmable. They, they have an amount that's confirmable. He says he killed this many people. They f- for sure knew he killed a certain number of people. That's lower than what he said. And he had a confidence as well. But then there's speculation that he possibly killed more because there were people who were missing around the same time in the same area he has been. Some of them did show up dead, but they didn't know who did it. And they were like, you know, they were always one thing that I always love reading when I read like true crime stuff about like other serial killers is they'll be like, we initially blamed this serial killer for the killing. But then that ended up not being true. I would read that like a lot. I, I think it happened a um, lot, um, and and I think it happened a lot in the seventies. I mean, the seventies oh, yeah. was like peak serial killer time. Really. Peak serial killer was seventies, absolutely. Um, there were so many, so many good serial Cause, killer stories because it was because the seventies was a wild time because you could like Boy, just boy. hitchhike. And people, you just pick up fucking people, and there's no consequences to that. Um, they didn't really have like good DNA testing. Nope. Um, they didn't have any kind of good police work for this kind of shit. Um, you could like, you know, there was no tracking, no satellites. You know, you didn't carry a device that tracked you everywhere you went. You could literally go off the grid and just snag people. You could literally you go- like start a, a whole new life as a whole new person in the seventies. Really? You could- yes. No. Seriously. Yes. So yes, serial killing was huge in the seventies. I think that um, the cell phone was, no pun intended, the death of the serial killer. One hundred percent. Because like nowadays, when you when I watch like true crime stuff about modern day serial killers, not really serial nine killers. times, nine times out of 10, it's like, Oh, they found them because of the cell phone. <laughs> there yeah. was this one. We're way off topic, but I don't give a fuck anymore. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's my show. Like- <laughs> hey, guess who's the executive producer of this show? The guy that's talking. Uh, <laughs> um, there was this one about this, this guy who wanted to kill his mom because he wanted to get the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it while they were like on some trip somewhere and he did it like in a hotel room, but like how he was trying to trick people, <laughs> you're going to laugh. He left his cell phone in the room so that way they could be like, Oh, he never left the room. His cell phone was a I, right. No, it was dumb. That was a dumb logic reasoning, but that was what he thought. He was like, I'm going to leave my cell phone on. I'm going to leave it in my hotel room. And then I'm going to leave, go kill my mom, and then I'm going to come back. And then I'd be like, I was in my room the whole time. You could check my phone, forgetting that fucking security cameras exist. 
Not only that, <laughs> but don't you have to swipe a fucking card to get in and out of a hotel room most of the time? That too. But it was the it was the security camera that got him because you could see him leaving the room, going into the mom's room, and then coming back out and going into his room. They didn't room. have so to like... look at the at the records of the card. They're just like, dude, you're right there. So that 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 cracked me the fuck up when I saw that. Okay, this episode, I liked it. Brad Dorff, 100% VIP, best best actor so best actor ever in the history of the X Files, ever things. ever in the history of the X Files. Oh, what are you a Robert Patrick fan? Is that what it oh, is? You gonna say Robert right Patrick? <laughs> um, no, uh, no, but dead seriously, great performance by Brad Dorff. Yes. Um. One complaint I had was he was always moist in this episode. Like God, he was, just, he was, was like I don't know what that? was that about. Like he was just always moist. It, it, that bothered me. But other than that, he was wonderful. He, um, yeah, it was a really odd choice to make him that moist. I have to give it up uh, to Jillian Anderson for her performance in this because she had to act opposite of Brad Dorf, and I think she kept up with him very well. I think, I think she, she, did too. she was wonderful in this episode. I love the twist on the whole Scully is now like believing, like on the borderline of believing, and Mulder is all like, "No, don't do that." Blah 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 blah. Like that was an interesting twist in that dynamic. Um, yeah, everything was just great about this episode. It was. It was, it was well done. Um, and another thing I will say about this, and I, I, I'm i a weirdo, and I watch a lot of movies, um, but it was very well lit. Okay. The lighting it was. was done very yeah. well okay. in, this I can movie, say that. In, the, in this episode. Like, the prison lighting, the, the, the mood is set very well by the lighting throughout the episode. Like at the very yeah. beginning with the Christmas tree, <clears throat> Scully and her parents that sets that little yeah. that warmth there, and then the creepiness is that comes in with that that lighting, um, with the dad, and then like the prison lighting is just it's done very well, especially for that time period when lighting wasn't always great in yeah. movies, TV, TV especially um, budget wise, and I there there's something almost cinematic about this episode to me lighting wise yeah and that was yeah. my geek out moment that did not involve hair or asses so oh wow wow look at that hey but it didn't I'm involve molder silky I'm more than just a hair and ass person don't put you're now on. you are now into the molder silky chest hair apparent <laughs> that that is where you are now so I all right been boxed and categorized and i don't like it <laughs> I hey man hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> i don't make these things up right everything is made up come on that's fair all right that's gonna do it for this episode uh we're done um yeah uh, we're we are now midway through season one, <laughs> so this is the seventh episode, I think, of this show. I think we're and we're we're doing all right. We're finding our stride here. We're doing pretty good, yeah, um, absolutely. And I want to give a shout out to all the new listeners we have gotten. 
Um, our listener base has been growing as we've been doing more episodes. It's really just so... me like <clears throat> logging in from like all these other. I have like eight VPNs set up. Wow, you have like thirty six computers and ninety six VPNs. Damn, I'm impressed. I do. Um, really. Your 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 government job pays a lot better than my government job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford. I can't afford thirty six computers. So man, Look, like maybe I've just built them. Maybe that's what I do in my spare time. It still costs money. It still costs money to do that. So not if you. Um, but yes, this is our seventh episode, and we have been growing, you know, exponentially. Um, I have been posting these in a uh, X Files uh, Facebook group. So I'm going to say that that's probably where our audience is coming from. So shout out to the Facebook group, the uh, the Addicted to X-Files Facebook group. That is where – that was the most active Facebook group that I found regarding the X-Files. Oddly enough, the official X-Files Facebook group was not active. So I, I went with this one because it was the one that gets posted a lot. So okay. so shout out to everybody in the Addicted to X-Files Facebook group. You guys are Unless awesome. Unless you hate Thank us, you. then I, I, I'm not shouting you. I don't think they hate us. No. I think they, they really they really enjoy listening to us. What uh, if they start talk a about... secret page just to make fun of us? <clears throat> <laughs> the FBI's Most Unwanted Sucks Facebook page. I mean, they're it's a it's it's just there's just pictures there's like memes of your face like on like butts of white <laughs> pants and <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what that's what the whole group is. <laughs> oh boy, I love yeah. this. I love this show. I love this doing fun. this with you, Brenda. This, this is this is um one of. <laughs> The funnest, most fun things I do on a monthly. Well, I'm glad. I'm very glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're doing this with me. I yeah. couldn't ask for. I couldn't have asked for a better person to cover X File stuff with. So. I'm, I'm glad I, I had that weird idea that one time. Because you asked this. You yeah. This was all you. Yes, you said, "Hey, do you want to keep doing this?" That's the I, backstory I on that the other show that you do. I did, yeah. Yeah. You can yes. plug right now. I'm I'm giving you the Um It is called T V Transmissions. Uh it is on a little bit of a break, but But there's um, back episodes, people go to There is to. back episodes and you can listen to the, you can listen to that, absolutely. Um but yeah, go check that out. You know what? Just go to rabbitholepodcast.com. dot com. That's a great idea. And I sent there's someone other... there because um I told someone oh. I like did a podcast and I was like, Oh, you know what? You could they were like, you do an X Files podcast. I'm like, yeah, I do. And nice. Them to the I didn't send well, them to iTunes or anything. I sent no, them deliberately. The website is the best to place. The website. And I said, um, well, you know, if you want to listen on your phone, you you could listen to it on these other platforms. But here's the website because then they can see all the other cool stuff that Rabbit yes, Hole does. Absolutely. So there you go. Rabbitholepodcast.com is where you can check that out. Uh, we will return next month on the 13th for two more episodes of The X-Files. Uh, and, of course, a bump date. Uh, I expect there will be a lot going on around this time next month. Let me tell you ooh. why. Just briefly. Oh, okay. <laughs> please, just indulge me. Sure. The trade okay. deadline is like in three and a half weeks. So that is like 
the most exciting time of the year besides like the world series is like okay so you have these teams are like in contention and there's these players who are going to be free agents and who is going to trade and who is going to end up in what uniform and who is now going to be wearing white pants instead of gray pants we'll find out (laughs) next time i will tell you all about the oh man dude dude you got me i cannot (laughs) wait to hear about this so that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. We hope you have a lovely month, and we'll catch you on the 13th of August. Adios! The truth is out there. Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbithole podcast.com.